Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, let's jump into the Word uh, this evening. And I want to talk a little bit about detoxing, because some of you in the, in the house, you understand detoxing maybe all too well. Um, you've come from a place where maybe you were an addict of some sort, and you had to walk through a detox uh, program or a process, and it's that, it's that process of getting the, the negative, the, the chemical, all of that stuff out of you. Some of you are, are familiar with detoxing in that you are, you know, I'm, my body's clean of sugar now, and... Uh, <laughs> Did you just say, oh my gosh? Um, okay. Uh, I always love it when I get to have a conversation with somebody and they're like, they're like, they're like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be completely clean. I'm not doing caffeine and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And I, and I, and I love, I love to just sit and listen while I sip my latte and eat my French fries. It is my favorite. This is my one of my favorite things to do. Um, but as we, as we talk about this, what we're talking about is not either of those two things, but we're talking about toxic thoughts. Because I believe that for many of us, toxic thoughts kill and rob our potential. And so we're going to look at God's word this evening, and we're going we're to spend some time on this topic. But I want you to understand that when we're talking about toxic thoughts and thought processes, many times we forget that we are a soul with a body. We're not a body with a soul. Like our soul is eternal, so that's the thing that takes precedent. And so as we deal with this idea, I think that there's some truths that we're gonna look at tonight that I hope will help change your thought process a little bit so that you can begin to walk in a freedom from some of the, the toxic thoughts that maybe you've struggled with over time. Um, we are believing things that are not true about ourselves, I think, a lot, a lot of times. And so many of our battles are lost or won before they're even fought because we're allowing lies to be told inside of our heads. So I want to look at Romans chapter 7, verse 17. It says this, but I need something more. For if I know the law but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can't will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. Let's pray. God, in the next few words, as we, in the next few moments as we look at your word, I pray, Father, that you will show us what we need to see. God, we are all in different places in our journey with you tonight. And so, Father, I just pray that, that whatever it is that, that each of us as individuals need, that you'll speak it to us. God, we pray over our campuses in Star Valley right now and, and in Malawi and, and God, those who are watching in Alaska and those who will watch this in the jail, God, you, you can speak directly to them right where they are. And so, Father, we are asking that right now in Jesus' name. God, we're so grateful for what you're doing and we are expecting for you to move inside of our hearts and our minds in the next few moments. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So this battle rages in us. We know what is right. 
but allowing toxic thoughts to dictate our direction. Let me just, let me explain that a little bit because I think for many of us, what we find ourselves doing is that we will say things to ourselves, you know, I'm not good enough or, or I'm never gonna make it or I'm going to fail, there's no way. And for some of you, it's your voice that you hear when those thoughts come into your mind. For others of you, it's someone else that's been in your life. Maybe it's a parent who would say things like that to you or maybe it's, it's, it's a, a spouse that would speak those things over you and so you allow those things to come to life inside of your mind and they become toxic and they become dream killers and they, be, they become potential stoppers. We believe the limitations of ourselves more than the limitless power of the God that we serve. The God that we serve is limitless. The God that we serve sees you. The God that we serve loves you. The God that we serve designed you. He created you. He has a purpose for you. He has, he has plans for you. He wants to do incredible things in you that are bigger than you. But for some of you, even as you sit in this room, you're, you're already starting to shut down a little bit because you go, yeah, but that's fine for everybody else, but it's not okay for me because I've blown it way too many times. Or maybe you've even sat in a message like this and you've said, okay, this time it's changing. This time I'm gonna do better. And you've put all this weight on yourself like it's on you to do it. But I'm telling you right now, the enemy is so good at lying to you that as he lies to you and you begin to believe that thought process, it stops you from being who God's called you to be. We often will poison our soul with negative thinking. A toxin is anything containing poisonous materials capable of causing sickness or death. So many of us have allowed toxins into our lives because we've allowed a thought process or voices inside of our heads that will stop the growth or stunt the growth of who God's calling us to be. How many dreams within the church have died because toxic thought processes have been allowed to continue. So I wanna, I wanna look at a couple of things. The first one is this. We need to identify and reject toxic thoughts. I've told you this before, what we feed will grow. So whatever you're allowing in your life, whatever you're spending time thinking about, that thing, that will continue to grow. You give it any kind, of, any kind of effort or energy and it will grow and it'll get bigger and it'll get bigger and you'll believe it more and more and more. And it will stop you. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything, uh, for everything you do flows from it. Now, that was really good that Gina said, hey, put your hand on your heart and let's pray. Because everything flows from here. Everything changes when we begin to allow this to be changed for his glory. Often we are prisoners of our own toxic thoughts because we allow ourselves to be. When I was in youth ministry, Shannon and I used to do this thing. It was called a lock-in. So some of you are old enough to know what a lock-in is. I don't know if youth pastors have gotten smarter since then. But a lock-in is essentially this. You invite as many teenagers as you possibly can to come to the church at about 7 p.m. 
And at about 7 p.m., parents drop off their children. They fill out some kind of little form that says you're responsible. Good move. Um, and then we lock the doors and, they, and we do games and we do all kinds of crazy stuff in the church until 7 a.m., now, if you ever have this thought process like, you know what I think would be cool is to spend 12 hours with hundreds of teenagers, just walk up to the nearest door and just slam your head in it a few times. It's about the same effect. But we would do this thing, and, and, I, and we had a pretty rough youth group when we were in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And so some of the, some of the events we would do at the church, and then some of them, we, we, we thought, well, that's not hard enough, so let's load them into buses, and let's bring them all over town. And so we would do that as well. But at one point, we were worried because we had these kids that were like, man, these guys, they're going to go out, and they're going to cause trouble in the middle of the night. And so we did this thing that you're not supposed to do, and that is we told a non-truth to the children. We said to them, hey, there's alarms on all the doors, so if you try to go out, we'll know, right? Now, now we felt justified in our, in our mistruth. But so we told them that so they would not, and, and guess what? It worked. They didn't leave. We would have had no idea if they would have left, right? There was no alarm on any door. But we told them that and they didn't leave, right? The reality is, is because we said it, they believed it. And because they believed it, they stayed stuck inside the church. Now for us as youth pastors, that was an amen. But the reason I bring that to your attention today is because there's a lot of things that are spoken to you that you believe to be truth, and so you're locked in to somewhere God never intended you to be locked into. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says this, we do not use those things to fight that the world uses. We use the things God gives to fight with, and they have power. Those things God gives to fight with destroy the strong places of the devil. We break down every thought and proud thing that puts itself up against the wisdom of God. We take hold of every thought and make it obey Christ. Another translation of that says that we take every thought captive. Now, this is so important to us as believers because if we allow our thoughts to run crazy, it will lead us to places we were never intended to go. But if instead, when we begin to have thoughts that don't align with this book, we begin to say, God, you need to help me to hold that thought and to keep it captive. I'm not gonna listen to those thought processes that would lead me away from you. Instead, I'm going to understand that I've been given the power and the authority to stand against those things and to walk in that. The verse says that we are not to be prisoners to our thoughts, but we are to grab those thoughts and to hold them. We are to make them take shape in a godly form. So in other words, we, we, there's so many things that I think that we allow to take place and take root inside of us. So many thought processes that, that we think, well, I can't really control that. But the Bible says you can control it. 
The Bible says that when those thoughts come into your mind, that you have the ability, you have the authority to step into those thoughts and say, no, 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 no. That's not what that's going to look like for me. Instead, I'm going to take those things and I'm going to make them take a godly form instead. When we begin to open up doors inside of our lives, and don't get me wrong because many of us, we do open up doors inside of our lives. We entertain things that we shouldn't entertain. We watch things that we shouldn't watch. We listen to things that we shouldn't listen to. And out of that, it begins to shape things in our minds. But the Bible says that we should be able to take that thought process and say, no, I'm not letting you take root inside of me. Instead, I'm going to change it and I'm going to, I'm going to take it captive. And I'm going to move forward in what God says about me and not what the enemy says about me. It was some years back, I was in a store and I, I, I just was thinking about this the other day that I was in this store and, and there was uh, a mom and she had a, she had a little girl. The little girl was probably like maybe four or five years old. And we were in a, it was a grocery store and there was, you know, they have the permanent aisles that are there. Well, there was a, a shelf system that was set up that wasn't permanent. You could tell it was just kind of there temporarily. And the little girl was climbing up on the shelf system and you could see it, it was moving. And I'm, I'm, I'm far enough away that I'm like, oh. And so I, I kind of get the mom's attention and she's like, honey, let's get down from there, okay? And I'm like, is that what we're doing? <laughs> Sweetheart, I don't think that's a good choice right now. It's waving. I'm like, are we, are we gonna do more than that or what are we doing? And she's, she's like, come on now, you can come down from there. It's okay. Let's do something else. Let's find a different activity. That's what she said. I'm just, I'm just telling you right now, I can only go back to like when I was a kid. And if I'm climbing on a shelf and my mom, my mom first of all, would been like, that's not a good activity. My mom loves it when I talk about her at church. I'm leaving town tomorrow, though, so it'll be good. <laughs> I'm just saying right now that if, if that was me, my mom would have said, get down, right? Yeah. And if I had chosen to not get down at that point, my ear would have become a handle. Yeah. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Now, some of you are like, that's a bit extreme. <laughs> and I know many of you, you're like, no, we know Bev. She's so sweet. <laughs> and she is sweet. My mom's amazing. My mom's incredible. Yeah, a little bit more of that. That is going to help me. Keep it up. Come on. She is. She's super sweet. But, but as her kid, she had like that 2% that you didn't want to see, right? <laughs> the reason I say that is this. I, sometimes that's the way our, we are with our thoughts, Right? Oh, I don't know that I should really be thinking about that like that. No, grab it by the ear, right? I'm done. We're not, we're not doing this. Why? Because you have the authority to do that. The second thing I want us to look at real quick is, well, there's two reasons, I guess, that... Uh, you need to understand why that's important because my mom would have done that to me because first of all, she would be teaching me obedience. 
I mean, you know, we need to, we need to know how to be obedient. And you go, and I think you can make a better decision. That isn't, gonna, that isn't teaching obedience. Right? I know everybody has different parenting skills and, and styles and stuff. But, right? I mean, I'm just telling you. Like, there are times when we got to be, like, enough. And so, so there's, there's that. And the other part of that is, is it was for not only my good that my mom would have done that, but for everyone else's safety as well. Right? And so when we're talking about trying to take our thoughts captive, it can't be a passive thing. It has to be where we are aggressively taking our thoughts captive, where we're stepping in knowing who we are, who God says that we are, and how we are supposed to, to react to situations, and then stepping into that and saying, I am not going to allow that to take place in my life. I had, I had uh, friends that were raising their, their kids and, and they, they had come to our house and, and their kids were, were just going crazy. And I remember at one point, I kind of I yelled at one of the kids because they were doing something and, and they turned and they said, oh no, no, we've decided not to, we're raising our children and we're not raising our voices to them ever. I wanted to say, well, the, the sheriff's deputies that are going to be dealing with your children at some point aren't going to have that same rule, I don't think. We can think about how nice it would be not to have bad thoughts, and we can even, in a gentle tone, try to convince our mind to not think like that, or we can take hold of our thoughts. And we can speak with authority that we've been given. So today I want to break down what some of those toxic thoughts are that maybe we struggle with. We need to identify the thing that we're needing to remove in order to remove it. So I want to start with just the negative thought process. And again, that kind of goes back to that. I don't have what it takes. My life stinks. I can't do it at all. And some of us can become so consumed with the negative that we struggle to even understand what's positive inside of our lives. I actually just had a, a conversation with a single mom this week who is amazing at what she does, but she had had some times where she had struggled with her kids and, and she felt like she was a little too harsh with them. And, and in that moment, she said, I just, I, I leave those situations where I, I've yelled too much or I've done something that I wouldn't normally do is out of character and, and I leave and I go and I just beat myself up and I tell, tell myself what a bad mom that I am. And I, in that moment, I, I, I took a moment and I just said, hey, can you list some of the good things that you've done? Well, well, no. And I said, do you spend any time in your day thinking about how you're a good mom? And guess what? How many we don't do, we don't do that? It's super easy to think about all the things that we wish we had done differently or how we screwed up or, or whatever. But the reality is like, even in talking to this person, it's like 99% of the time she's killing it. But 1% it gets overwhelming and we do things that we wouldn't normally do or say things or act in a way that we wouldn't. And so then we go back and we just, we just, we just get into this funk because we feel so bad about that 1%. 
And so why not? One of the ways we can take our thoughts captive is to go, okay, yeah, there's some bad stuff going on in my life right now, but what are the good things that are going on in my life right now? What's the good that I can look at today? Where is it that I see God moving inside of my life? What's he doing in my family? How has he blessed me this week? How have I been a good example of what Christ is supposed to look like? All of those things, we begin to start making a list of those, and pretty soon, the critical thoughts begin to dissipate. For some of us, it's a discontent discontent thought process. It's that I want this, I wish I had this. We, we look at other people's lives and we, 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 we're jealous. We think they've got it better than us. Their marriage is better than our marriage. Their lifestyle is better than ours. Their career is, is better. And so we compare and we compare and we compare. And I'm just telling you right now, anytime you compare, you lose. Because if you're comparing to somebody who's, who's got way more stuff or, th- or that's what it looks like, I'm just gonna let you in on a little secret. If you're going off of what they're, they're portraying on social media, sometimes that's not true. I mean, I think most of the time it's all true what's on social media, but just sometimes it's not. But if you're comparing to somebody else, you're going to lose. Because either you're going you're gonna to compare to them and it's going to cause you to covet. Which how many of you know coveting is a sin? Yeah. Or you're going to compare and go, man, we got it way better than them. And guess what? That makes you have some pride. So whether you're on this side or this side, you're actually setting yourself up for sin either way. The next one is critical thoughts. Maybe, you, maybe your thought process and the things that you need to take hold of are the, being critical of other people. They're not meeting my needs. My spouse isn't enough. My coworkers are lazy. My boss is a jerk. <laughs> I purposely waited for a second there. All right, moving on. Some of us have gotten to a place where we have a critical spirit, where we really feel like it's our place in life to judge what everybody else is, is doing and tell them how they're doing it wrong. I believe that, that some Christians treat criticism as though it's a spiritual gift. And it isn't. But we can become so critical, and, and if, you, if you ever start down this road, it becomes easier and easier to become more and more critical. All of a sudden, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, you feel like it's almost your job to point out what went wrong. Like you go to a restaurant, and there's always going to be, can I tell you, if you go into something expecting it to not meet what you think it should meet, it will never meet that. It will always be not good enough. You can walk into church and go, I don't really want to be here and I don't know that I like this and blah, blah, and, and um, you will find stuff. Absolutely, you will find stuff that you, and isn't it amazing how our mind can affect the way that we see things? 
Because if you come, I love it when I, when I talk to people before church and they're like, oh man, I'm so excited. I, was, I thought I was gonna have to work tonight and I'm able to come tonight and I'm just excited because I know God's got something in store for me. And guess what? The service ends and you'll see that person worshiping or they're at the altar and they're praying and they're expecting because they came into the room going, yes, I know God is gonna be here and I know he's got something for me. And on the other hand, you'll see the person that'll come in and they're like, well, I think, I think church goes way too long and I think that that bald guy's kind of boring and I think the worship is way too loud and I think blah, 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 whatever. And guess what? It will meet their expectations. It is easy to have toxic thoughts. You can always find things to complain about. It's your choice. So now I want to talk for just a moment about this idea of detox and not Botox. How many of you know what Botox is? How many of you watched the Friends reunion? Uh, sorry. They were sold out of Botox for a long time after that thing. <clears throat> All right, I'll stop. Um, Botox, the, my wife is not giving me a good look right now. I'm not looking. Um, Botox is a trademark, a it's a drug prepared by bacterial toxin, uh, botulin, used medically to treat certain muscular conditions and cosmetically to remove wrinkles by temporarily paralyzing facial muscles. So they put toxins in and it does something to where it takes away your wrinkles and it makes you look like the Joker a lot of times. <laughs> Versus detox, which is to remove toxic, toxic substances or qualities. So what do I mean by this? I, I'm not... I feel like when we talk about detox, we're talking about we're removing things. When we talk about Botox, we're putting toxins in. Why? To make us look like something that we're not. So what I'm not talking about today is when you're going through a hard time, we, we, we allow the toxins to stay in there and we just put on a smile on our face, right? We're going to pretend. We're, we're not called to pretend. We, if you're going through a hard time, I would rather you come in real, and go, I'm struggling. I need, I need my church family around me. We need to pray. We need to, we, I need some accountability. Whatever it is that you need, like come in and be real. I don't want a bunch of Botox people in the house. I don't want you. <laughs> yeah, life was really hard this week. I'm really struggling today. I'm going to offend you, and then I'm going to leave town. That's the way we're going to do it. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 12 says this, but you know me, O Lord, you see me, and you test how my heart is with you. Take them off like sheep to be killed. Set them apart for the day of killing. We need to kill those thoughts. So number two, we got to replace toxic thoughts with truth. 
So the biggest thing that we can do and the biggest weapon that we as believers have in our arsenal is this book because it is a book of truth and promises and it's a love letter to us. And so when we have these toxic thoughts that say you're not good enough or your life isn't as good as somebody else's or whatever it is that you're, that critical thinking that you continually have to be able to come to a place where you begin to understand that God loves you and that he has plans for you and dreams and desires for you. Philippians chapter four, verse six says this, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Man, that's a good verse. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into the most excellent harmonies. We need to learn a different language. Because the language of this world is critical. It's complaining. It's you're not enough. It's you won't amount. It's you need to, you're looked at as less than. But that's not the words that our creator says over us. Botox uses poison to paralyze and appear good. Detox removes the bad to make things good. Romans chapter 12, verse two, don't become so well-adjusted to culture that you find, uh, that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you. So I want us to look at this real quick because I think there are lies that we tell ourselves and I want you to hear the truth next to that lie. The lie that is told to us often is maybe you're, you, you would say, I am lonely and I am miserable. But maybe as, as you begin to, to kill those thoughts and you begin to put yourself into a place where you're hearing what God says over you, instead of that, you would be able to say, I'm at a season where I have more time to serve others than I will maybe down the road. Yeah. Maybe the lie that you're hearing is that my boss is a jerk <laughs> and he holds me back. Or maybe it's, I am the light of the world and I'm a secret agent here to win him to Christ. That's what we need. <laughs> Angie knows I'm leaving town. Um, my spouse doesn't live up to my expectations or I'm going to be the best spouse I possibly can be. They will write books about me and what a good example I am. <laughs> Maybe the lie is I lack talent or resources 
And instead, you can speak Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 over yourself and say, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. We've got to start filling our minds with what he says. For some of you, it's a struggle because you've had people in authority even in your life that have spoken negatively over you. And so those voices continually come back into your mind. And I'm telling you right now that when we get to a place where we begin to say, you know what, God, I want to detox from those thought processes. I need those to be removed because I am ready for you to fill me with who you say that I am. For some of you in the room, you need to hear this again, and we say it a lot here, but your past does not define you. The mistakes that you've made are not who you are. And that's why, we, that's why we are so grateful and we're so blessed that we serve a God who sees us, he sees our potential even in the midst of our mess. He's not a God that says, clean yourself up and then maybe. He says, no, I see you right where you are. And I'm, I'm walking you towards, if you'll just listen to my voice, if you'll stop listening to these lies that are being told to you, if you'll start trusting me and believing me and doing what I'm asking you to do, then everything changes. I've asked them to put just a, a few things here up on the screen. I hope they have those ready, but it's just basically saying that we're filling your minds and meditating on these things that are true and what is noble and what is reputable and what is authentic and compelling and gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise and not to curse. And if, if we will put that into our, into our hearts and we'll say, God, I need help with this because I do struggle. It is hard for me because my natural tendency is to look at things in a critical way, in a way that, that says it's not good enough or it never will be. And God say, no, 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 that's not how you look at things. You begin look at things when it's hard, look at the opportunity that I've placed in front of you. When you're struggling to think I can't do it, say that's fine that I can't because he can. Because in my weakness, he's strong. And so I'm a, when I point out a weakness of myself, I'm not gonna beat myself up over that weakness. Instead, I'm gonna say, God, here's a big space in my life that you need to fill because you're the one that brings strength to me. We gotta change our mindset. We gotta start walking out who he says that we are. I'm gonna ask everybody in the room if you'll close your eyes with me for the next few moments. As we wrap up this time together, I just wanna take a moment right now because I wonder if there's anybody in the room that you're here and you'd say, you know, Jason, I don't really have a, a relationship with Jesus right now. I, I'm not really following him at this point. Maybe you've accepted Christ before, but you're, if you're honest right now, you're not, you're not truly chasing after him. And if that's you this evening and, and you'd be honest about that, I'm gonna ask you to do something and we're not gonna make a, a, a big thing of it where you come forward or anything like that, but I just want the opportunity to pray with you before we leave this room today. Because for many of you, you've been told by people maybe your whole life, all your flaws and what you've done wrong and how worthless you are. And I just want you to know that the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the one who breathed life into existence. The one that knows not only how many stars there are in the galaxy, 
He knows how many hairs are on the top of your head because he sees you and he loves you and he wants relationship with you. So if you're in the room today and you'd say, you know, Jason, I don't have a relationship with God, but I want to. I'm gonna ask you to do me a favor while everybody's got their heads bowed and their eyes closed. Would you do me a favor and just lift up your hand and catch my eye? Because I wanna pray with you before we leave today. I just wanna take a moment at the end of this gathering and we're just gonna say a prayer together. If that's you, would you do me, that, do me a favor and just put your hand up in the air? Thanks, buddy. Is there anybody else in the room that would just say, Jason, will you remember me in this closing prayer? I just wanna make my relationship right. Yeah, I see you back there. Yeah, good girl. Okay, yep. Is there anybody else that would just put up your hand right now and say, Jason, will you just remember me in this closing prayer? I wanna make my relationship right with God today. Yeah, all right, man. Okay, yeah, thanks. One more moment. Tonight, I wanna lead you in a prayer and I'm gonna ask, there was six or seven people that lifted up their hand tonight to accept Jesus. But I'm gonna ask everybody in the room, whether you raised your hand or you didn't, I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer with me. For those of you who you raised your hand as you say these words, one thing you're gonna find is it's pretty simple prayer. But what you're doing in this moment is you're saying, God, I believe you. I believe that you love me enough that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. God, I believe that you have a plan and a purpose for my life, and so I'm gonna follow you. And as you do that, you are, you are putting yourself into a position where you're saying, I am now a follower of Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean you're gonna be perfect, but what it does mean is that in this moment right now, the sin that you've had up till this moment, God is taking it and he will remove it from you. He's paid for it. He's a good dad. And some of you don't know what that would be like to have a good dad, but he is a good dad. So we're gonna pray this prayer together. I'm gonna ask everybody in the room if you'll just repeat this with me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your grace. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you see me. I praise you that you have good plans for me. Forgive me of my sin. I believe you are who you say that you are. And I'm gonna follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, can I just tell you, that's an incredible thing that just happened. Would you give them a round of applause? Tonight, I wanna to just spend a few moments as the worship team leads us in just another song or two. I wanna open up the opportunity. If you want prayer, we're gonna have prayer teams that'll be down here, they're ready. If there's anything at all, whether it has to do with what I spoke on or something completely different, they would love the chance to pray with you. But I believe that for many of us who are called by his name, those of us who are walking out our faith journey, I believe that many of us struggle with toxic thought processes. And so tonight is a night where I want you to be able to just come to a place where you go, God, this is a struggle for me. But I know it's not a struggle for you. 
So Lord, I want you to help me to take every thought captive. I want you to help me to walk and be who you've asked me to be. I want you to to come into those areas of my life that I've allowed so much to not look like you. And Father, I want to look like you now. So I'm going to pray over you. We're going to worship together and the opportunity for you to come. If you just need to spend some time solidifying that at an altar, please do that as well. God, we are so grateful because, Lord, your word tells us what we can do. Lord, you've told us that we can take every thought captive. So, Father, I pray over every person within the sound of my voice, wherever they're hearing this word, that, God, they would come to a place of understanding that, Lord, not only do you love them, you see them for who they are, you have plans and dreams for them. So we come against the lies that the enemy would speak. And, Lord, we stand firmly in your word, which is truth. We give you all the praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand as we sing? Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.